Good evening, folks, and welcome back to another episode of South Fitch Head of Curtain. As always, it's your boy Devin Hines sitting across from the table from Mr. Luke Mueller. You want to say hi to the folks, Luke? Hello, folks. Alrighty, guys, we got a great show lined up for you tonight. We're going to do a little recap. Um, there's been more free agent acquisitions, mm-hmm. former Packers moving around the league, and then Luke and I also did a couple mock drafts. We did. Each of us did one, so we're going to compare notes. It's going to be a great show. I'm looking forward to it. So, let's, like I said, let's recap some free agency stuff. So, before we get to new players that we brought back, somebody very close to Luke's heart will be back in the green and gold. Take over, Mr. Mueller. Ooh, McHenry's own is coming back. Mr. Big Bobbert, Roberto Grande. Tanyan is Roberto Grande. That's a good one. That's a good one. I can I thank you Reddit for that. I love Roberto Grande. Not as good as McHenry's own, obviously, because that's kind of my shtick. And I'm gonna run with it. And I was honestly running out. I I was running low on faith. We were gonna keep all my guys, right? Yeah, you were having a bit of an identity crisis last episode. What happens if I don't have any guys from Illinois? I mean, right. I mean, Big Bob could have been gone easily. Mm -hmm. Dean Lowry could have been gone easily. I mean, he was one of the suspected people to get us some cap space, right? So, I mean, it was looking pretty bleak. Looks like you got three out of the four back. Yeah. You know, honestly, I'll take that. I'll take that. At the moment, because Tyler Lancaster is still a free agent, I wouldn't be surprised. We bring him back on a cheap deal or something. Could be for depth. Yeah. Keep just keep in contact with him in case exactly. somebody goes down with injury. You know, he definitely stepped up his play last year. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't hate that idea. As a depth piece, especially as we'll get into um a little further down the depth chart than previously, right? Indeed. He'd uh I'm fine. I mean, he's not absolutely terrible. He Mm-mm. probably deserves to be on a team. Um, but there is one guy and, and I don't know if we'll get to it this show, but there's one guy I'm looking forward to in the draft that I I hope we bring home. I'm going to guess he's from Illinois. Is that is probably from, a fair he's guess? He's from Illinois, but that's okay. We can talk about him a little bit later. Oh, well, we are for sure going to get to it because I want to hear every <laughs> single one of your picks, including the three seventh rounders. No problem. Because everybody matters. <laughs> everybody. Wasn't Marquez sixth or seventh? Uh, I think he was fifth, sixth. Because that was the year we got Jamon Moore, like EQ. Th- EQ was going to be the seventh rounder. Yeah. Okay. I think it was Jamon fifth. No, Jawan was like third. So when he, like, just absolutely terrible. tanked yeah that was a big surprise that he was the one that you kind of expected more things from honestly yeah i expected more things out of jay Moore. more literally anything would have been more than what we got so we did we're gonna keep saying more <laughs> all right the dad joke is dead okay let us continue so other packers that we didn't know were back the last time we recorded with the influx of cap space that we had from Devontae. I was going to say, and the outflux of talent at the receiver position. Okay, yeah. true. Two sides to every sword. Mm-hmm. Razul God is officially back. Which is huge. Three years? Three years? What was it? Three for 21 or something like that. That sounds right. I was thinking three for 30, but that was another player that we'll get to. Yes. So but three for 21. Three for 21. I'm happy. It looks like he probably took a little bit of a discount, right? Yeah. He was an interesting spot in his career because that was the best he's played. You know, some people will say, well, he had a really good system. He had really good players around him. I don't really care how we got a relatively nice deal. I'm just happy he's back because that man is special. And if he is even 80% of what he was last year, 
I think that's a fantastic deal for us. Obviously, you don't necessarily expect him to walk in of the impact he did, right? He hasn't really shown that he's that player the rest of his career. But if he can be, like I said, 80% of that, I think we would be ecstatic because he brings a different dimension to the secondary that we don't really have with anybody else, right? We have Jair, who's kind of like a little pit bull, basically. It's exactly how you described him last time. Yes, I'm glad I'm consistent because uh, he Good. will just, just bowl you over, but he's tiny, mm-hmm. relatively, right? Stokes, who's just going to fly with you. He yeah. has no idea where the ball is most of the time, but that's okay. We're working on it. We're working on <laughs> Speed it. Speed <laughs> rating, great. Awareness, Dang. working on it. Right. Awareness and hands, not so much. Mm-mm. But just the aggression from Razul is, is my favorite part of him. I know we've brought that up a million times at this point in this podcast, but he's just, it's a different thing. He's a ball hawk the way that no one else in the secondary really is. Yeah. And it was weird to say, but. We realized last season that he was one of the more experienced guys. Like I think he was the only player. It was him and Devondre Campbell were the only players on our defense with Super Bowl experience. Yeah, because he was on the Eagles mm-hmm. for that season. And I don't know, like I don't have memorized that Eagles secondary. You know, Razul's play kind of dipped off after the Super Bowl, and he had a kind of an ugly exit from Philly. He would have been a big part of that secondary though, because that would have been his. What for a couple first couple years in the league, he was a high draft pick. I mean, he would have been a big part of that, no doubt. But in Green Bay, you have a luxury of the other pieces that we have, right? Like, we're not going to put him on the burner because we have Eric Stokes, even Jair at that point. Well, and now we have Jair too. But like last season, I'm saying we would put Eric Stokes on the burner. Whereas when he was in Philly, they could have been like, okay, Douglas, you're looking like our best corner. We're going to put you on you know, their best receiver, which could be a burner. And I love Razul, but that's just not his game. It's not. No. He's going to kind of sit back, wait for the quarterback to make a decision, and then come down like a freight train at the football. That's kind of his game, right? He's big. He's physical. Not a burner. But given the versatility and talent we have in our secondary, we can use him to his advantage, right? We can put him in a great spot to succeed. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. We are getting the most out of him, more than I think pretty much any other team would. I would agree completely, and I hope we get to see that again this year. And Just the mentality. I love that mentality. He's a heat-seeking missile looking for the football. And we saw in the Rams game, you know, he had that one pick six. He almost had a second. And then there was a route where OBJ did like a go-stop-go, and Russell completely bit, and it was a touchdown. Yep. But I'm okay with that. It's going to happen with that kind of play style, right? It's just, it is what it is. At that point, you're hoping you have safety help or or something. But you're right. That's that kind of aggression. And I'm going for the football first and foremost is what we want. I mean, we've talked at length about another member of the secondary doing the exact opposite of that at times. Darnell Savage just like cradling people in his arms all on the way to the ground, right? Instead of just going for the football or even just hitting the guy. I'm hoping they're spending time together in the offseason. Razul can sort of coach him up a little bit. That'd be great. So you just take some of that or even some of Jair and give it to Darnell Savage. You have the second half of 2020 when he looked amazing. It's literally in your name to be a savage. Just live up to it, please. Just go do it. Just go hit somebody. Go for the football. You know, I, I kind of think back to that uh, play against the Bengals, right, when he, he dives to try to stop the touchdown. And if he makes a safer play, it's not a touchdown. Right, If he just doesn't dive, he probably tackles Jamar Chase on the spot. But he dove 
and he missed. And then he seemed to be super conservative the remainder of the season. So not saying that that was necessarily the turning point, but I don't remember really many aggressive plays from Savage after that either. I think that's a good point. So I, I just that's not what I want from him. I want him to be more like Rizul. And be, be the aggressive. savage. Yeah, be the savage that we saw because yeah. there were points. I think it was uh, like in the 49ers game and the Cardinals game where he was going up and he was like hitting the receiver at the point of contact and breaking mm-hmm. it up. Debo before Debo got super hot like there were a few plays where they matched Savage on Debo and Savage just you know knocked him out it was great and that we know that's in him so hopefully that aggression that the rest of the secondary outside of Stokes really has um can kind of wear off on him so I think those are the only Packer players that we brought back that we weren't sure of during our last show am I right I believe so so we have a couple guys that unfortunately jumped ship. I'm looking at you, Mr. Zadaria Smith, who went to the Vikings. Mm. And then Shandon Sullivan shortly followed suit. Yeah. Don't love that. I don't want to see him. I don't. And I don't remember. I'm trying to think of like the Packers players that went to the Vikings. I don't know if Darren Sharper was still on the height of his powers. I don't think Greg Jennings was. No, not really by that point. Neither one. I mean, they were, they might have been close to Z because Z still got it, you know. Sullivan never has really had it, to be fair. Yes, Sullivan's not the biggest loss. I think Z, you know, he's, I'm going to sound like a broken record here, you know, cliche, but he's approaching 30, back injury. We'll see how much he can still do. I don't want to see him on the other side of the field, though. Oh, no, I don't want to either. Are you kidding me? Especially if you might have Yash Nijman, which we love you, but you're still Yash Nijman. At tackle for part of the season. Right. Don't love that. Don't love that. Because we know that he can wreak absolute havoc. Now, what I do want to see is us running straight at him every play. Just do that. Put A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, I don't care who, run directly at him every play. We know he will fold like an accordion and ruin the edge, and we can just run right outside because that's what Z does. You know we should embarrass him even more? Because you think of that playoff game, you think of all those... Uh, just like stretch plays to the outside that yep. he couldn't contain. Let's run an end around to Amari Rogers and have him fly right by him. That would be amazing. I would cry. That'd be great. That'd be the ultimate embarrassment. That would. That would. Which, you know, it's a little bit of tainted feelings towards it, Arias. He was really unhappy for a lot of last season. Yeah. So... Shandon Sullivan, like, I don't really care, you know. One way or the other. Whatever. But Z, you kind of got a little bad blood there. I'm a little bitter with him, a little bit, given how it ended, right? If, like, Preston had left, right, and we had kept Z or or whatever, I would not have felt the same emotionally towards Preston. Because he's always been a good guy, leader. And, like, I would have been sad, but there would have been no bitter, really. I think... If we were watching highlights of Preston on another team, we'd still be like, hey, good for you, buddy. Yeah, I liked you. I yeah, still like you. Exactly. But Z, it's kind of like, hmm, really? Okay. Okay, we'll see. Talking about somebody that you care about going to another team and still rooting for them. You going to be okay here, bud? If you guys haven't heard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling was signed by the Kansas City Chiefs. For the three-year, $30 million deal, which is I mean, what I was thinking of. He's Tyreek Hill at this point. He is Tyreek Hill. I think it 
one point last year, he had better like yards per catch average. I mean, basically, you talk about deep threats in the NFL. They're one, two, and I'm not being overdramatic. Verify, I'm not being overdramatic. He generally has a very high yards per catch. You are correct. I'm not going to say he's the number two deep threat in the league, but I know where you're going. All right, so he didn't say I'm crazy, which means I got a half-decent point. So, I mean, if I had to pick somewhere for him to go, you know, the Chiefs kind of annoy me with Jackson Mahomes and uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife, but Randy is primarily a deep ball receiver. That's the best place for him to go and feast, and I got nothing but love towards the guy. I really don't root for the Chiefs in general, but I'll be happy to watch him, you know, catch a 40-yard bomb every Sunday. My main question with that acquisition is, isn't that what McCole Hardman's been for this whole time? To just be Tyreek Hill, except worse, right? They're literally the same, they're the same height, they're the same size, they're the same speed, basically, him and Tyreek Hill. So you go in and you replace him with another burner. It's like you kind of already had that guy. I think McCole Hardman had a really down year last year, and I, of course, bias, think Randy has a higher upside. I don't know if I'd say upside. I definitely probably has a higher floor. I'd say he has a higher floor. He's more established as a receiver overall, but I think Hardman would give you more potentially one-to-one what Tyreek Hill does with all the the screens and the the out-of-the-backfield stuff that they would run, all that kind of stuff. You're not doing that with with MVS. Not successfully. You're not putting him at running back and then running around a swing pass like they would occasionally do with Tyreek. There's no way that's occurring. Okay, so then you can do plays where you have McCole Hardman doing that swing pass, like you said, and you can still send Randy deep. Correct. So McCole Hardman's your Swiss Army knife. Marquez is your deep shot. Stretch the defense. Oh, it's still a quality signing. Just I'm interested to see how that plays out. Yeah, I hope we'll do well. And you got Juju there as well. You got Juju, who is going to do better underneath because you have MVS. And you you got Kelsey. Kelsey. There's a lot going on there. Be very interested to see what that offense looks like this year because Tyreek Hill was such an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, great scheme, great quarterback, great other pieces. But so much of a defense's attention had to go to Tyreek every single play. right? And we know that MVS draws attention. We've seen it on our own offense, but it is nowhere near that level. So I'm very intrigued to see what it looks like. Are they as successful without Tyreek? Yeah, yeah. I'm curious. I'm, I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens. It'll be fun to watch for sure. All right. Unfortunately, moving on from Marquez, we did add a couple pieces though. And some nice pieces, I would say. I was happy with them. So we added defensive tackle, Jerron Reed, who was drafted by the Seahawks a few years back. Out of Alabama, I believe. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, he is six foot three, three oh six. He's a big guy, but he's quicker than you would think for his size. Yeah, he's not one of those like three thirty, three forty that straight run stuffer. A little bit more TJ Slayton style. That's that's not him, right? Mm-hmm. He can be disruptive in the backfield. Twenty four and a half career sacks for a guy who's only, I believe, twenty seven, twenty eight. So that's yeah. pretty good from a defensive tackle. Yeah, I was watching some film and they put him both at nose tackle and at like three or four technique, meaning like over the offensive tackle, which we saw last year that we liked seeing Kenny Clark being able to play 
over a defensive tackle that he could just completely bull rush. Right. So Jerron Reed not only gives us that flexibility mm-hmm. to move both him and Kenny Clark around, but I think it gives Kenny Clark his best running mate on the defensive line probably that he's ever had. Yeah, I, I don't remember how good Mike Daniels still was. You had Kenny Clark's was like left first of Mike year. Daniels, yeah. They would have been like Kenny Clark as a rookie at that point, right? Maybe. Um, and he's not the same type of player as Mike Daniels, obviously. But you're essentially replacing Lancaster, right? That's basically what you're doing, which Ron Reed and it would be much more productive, much more explosive, much higher upside player. Uh, he's 27, 28, so he, he is what he is basically at this point. But what he is could be a 6-7 sack guy. Yeah, he could be the starting defensive tackle on a lot of teams. So, so I, And if you take that with Dean Lowry, a little bit of breakout year last year, mm-hmm. shout out to, to my boy Rockford Zone. Had a hell of a season. I right? never denied it. I mean, could you imagine? You get those two and Kenny Clark. I mean, all three have something they could bring to the table to disrupt a play. And Lancaster was never going to disrupt a play. He may just kind of be there in the way, which is fine. You need that as well, right? But all three can be disruptors on any given play. And then you add our edge rushers. And whoo, get me excited. And don't forget about DJ Slayton, who ascended as the season went on and did have a key fourth down stop against... The 49ers in the playoffs. He did. He did. So you, you also give him a little bit more time to season back there. He isn't necessarily thrust into a starting role right away, which I like. like he's still a really big guy. He's not going to be able to play a ton of downs necessarily. But now you have those three main pieces on the defensive line, right, that you can kind of move around as really big guys. Dean Lowry's a little bit of a different type of player. But those three, Slayton, Reed, and Clark, can in certain situations be interchangeable. You can move them around, and then you can also give Kenny Clark more of a spell because yep. the drop-off is not as significant. Correct. Lancaster had a much better year, but it was still a difference when Kenny Clark was out. With Lancaster, you're just kind of hoping he stays where he is and does not go backwards. Yeah. Which there's value to, but it it's is. not the same. You want to you know, make sure you are absorbing those blocks so the garter center cannot get up to Mr. Campbell or Mr. Barnes. Right. Yeah, no, no hard feelings on Tyler Lancaster, man. He really redeemed himself last year. If you could bring him back to to be behind Reed, I'm happy, Camper. Behind Slayton. Well, I'm thinking more Slayton's behind Clark. If we're playing Reed as kind of a D-tackle along with Lowry. I kind of consider them the same. I I count Lowry more as an end. I don't know. I mean, basically. He could technically be the end at that point, yeah. I feel like we're always in 2-4-5. We basically are. But can you imagine in in running situations now? So many large men. Can you imagine if we have all three of our traditional defensive tackles, TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark, and now Mr. Jerron Reed lined up in that 3-4? You ain't running the football. You're, you're not moving bodies. <laughs> no. Your guards and tackles have their hands full? Good luck. Oh, man, getting me excited for defense. This is going to be a weird year, isn't it? I'm really excited for defense. It's a man. good defense. I'm I'm really looking forward to to what they can do on that side of the football, which is important because depending on how things pan out, we we may be called upon to play wide receiver. You're yeah. right. All right, I'll make sure I'm adding more cardio than my workouts. It's like usually 20 minutes a day. I'll I'll increase it a little bit more. It may have to. It may have to. Let's do some sprints. <laughs> All right, suicides <laughs> it is. So onward we go. 
uh, to other Packer players that left, we missed Oren Burks. Did we? I mean, he went to San Francisco, but like he was better last year. He had a few good tackles. He I, did. I still never want to see him on the field outside of special teams. It annoys me that he went to San Francisco. Agreed. Like, why? Go to Jacksonville. Go to they, Buffalo. Literally anywhere Why'd else. Why'd you have to go there? Literally anywhere else would have been fine. They're really rising on, like, the list of teams that I hate. Correct. They're, uh, they're not to the to the Sea Chickens yet, but they're not far below. Uh, but I feel like the Sea Chickens are getting reduced because all of the players that harmed us are gone. And I know that Jerron Reed was on some of those Seattle teams. He was. But he wasn't Bobby Wagner. He maybe wasn't when, Earl Thomas. Maybe when Pete Carroll leaves. Maybe they still that have that identity for you? It's too too close oh, to home? But I, I, it's still, yeah, I don't like him. Still. Yeah. And plus, there's people on the 49ers that we like. We have connections to, right? You got Kittle. Um, we both kind of have Garoppolo. Not, well, not much anymore. But we did. Jimmy Ward went to NIU the same time that... Uh, that well, both of us did actually. So, uh, we got there's some stuff there. Trey Lance is an interesting prospect. Like, I love Debo as a player. I love yeah. that he's be, that's become a thing. He's a lot of fun. I'll so, give him that. I wanted Brandon Ayuk in the draft. I think a lot of us did. I just see that silver and the white, and I just get mad. Just get just seeing their uniforms just upsets me. I understand. I understand, man. I get it. We've all been hurt. So shall we move on we to how we're going to beat those guys in the silver and white and red and other stupid colors? And other colors. You know how we're going to beat them, Devin? We're going to beat them by not being ourselves on special teams. Correct. Oh, thank you. I know because you forgot. I so completely my forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. Some host I am. All right. There's me just bringing us back in, guys. Folks, so not only did we sign Mr. Jerron Reed, which did fill you know, a decent hole at another defensive line spot. But we also signed world-renowned cornerback, Keshawn Nixon, Keshawn Keish. I'm sorry, Mr. Nixon, if you're listening. We signed a cornerback uh, from the Raiders. We did. Played for three years for Oakland. Only started two games. So he is a textbook special teams guy. If we recall, Rick Bisaccia, our new special teams coach, was from where? The Raiders. How much do you want to bet that Rick Versace was like a LaFleur? Let's get this guy. Oh, he 100%. Help. 100%. He was like, this is one of my guys. You know, he's a great special teams player. Maybe he was the leader of special teams or something, right? Captain something. Yeah. Yeah. Bring him on over. Be like, cool. Sure. He's a lot better than having Isaac Yadam or Josh Jackson on the back end of that cornerback room. So you might as well get somebody who brings something to the table, especially with how bad our special teams have been. So I'm actually, I was a little excited seeing that. Like that was a signing for the express purpose of improving special teams. 100%. Now, granted, we would have needed another corner, right? Because you want to have like six and I think we're at like three, four. But yeah, that was definitely a special team signing, which is different from how we've been doing things for the past 10 years. Yeah, historically, right. He's going to be what, corner five or six? When this is all said and done, I'm sure um, that would have been some undrafted kid or something, some developmental project type of type of guy normally. But now he has a purpose on the roster. Yeah, we've talked about this before. You know, these guys that are on the bottom part of the depth chart, sometimes usually what the Packers did was we tried to have, you know, like the 
third best linebacker, like Ty Summers, for example, right. to be the third best linebacker, you know, and thinking about like he's not really going to be on the field in that situation, but he's going to be a three or four phase special teamer. Right. So think about where can you maximize somebody's impact, mm-hmm. even if it's guys in the lower half of the roster. So I was really happy with the signing really under the radar, but it's definitely moving us in the right direction. If nothing else, it is a sign of we're paying attention to it, right? Like I said, Isaac Yadam was playing special teams. He was terrible at it. He was terrible at everything. Isaac, yeah, I was going to say, terrible at everything. <laughs> so at least at least this is effort being put towards improving that. Uh, him, obviously, we talked about last time, Pat O'Donnell, good holder, used to the weather, that kind of thing. We're definitely shoring up some of those areas that we struggled in last year. So it's a sign, good sign of things to come. Football is a game of luck. We got Pat O'Donnell. I think we definitely moved the luck meter in our favor just a tad. And like we talked about last time, I'm a sucker for oddly athletic special special teamers, kickers and punters. So I'm all for the big jacked fast punter. I'm here for it. Could you say we struck gold with Patty O'Donnell? Okay. Oh. <laughs> okay. Indeed we did. All right. Is it on to the mock drafts? I am very excited for this. I All think, right. I think, except for when we get to the people, I have no idea who any of them are. It's fine. We're just talking about filling needs. Yeah. So, folks, I believe it's pro football focus. Pro yeah, football. PFF. PFF. Lovely people at PFF. They give out great information, great analysis, and they also have a draft simulator. Which is one of the better ones that I've stumbled upon at this point. There used to be, what was the old one? Like first pick or first draft? Their first tro- It was something like that. But I, I didn't really care for it a ton. It seemed very unrealistic. But this one seems much better. Much better. And they have little scouting reports for everybody. And I, I appreciate that. So the way that it works is you pick whichever team you want to be, and then it simulates kind of, and each team is programmed for their actual needs. So right. like, like they're not going to have the Packers taking a quarterback in the first round if we weren't picking for them. Which is why, you know, maybe it's not accurate because they wouldn't have picked Jordan Love. But I digress. Touche. So basically what happens is you, you pick your team, you go through all your picks, and you say your team works out. Now, Luke and I have agreed that going into the draft, the Packers do have 11 total draft picks. Mm-hmm. And throughout our mock simulation, we did not trade any of these picks. Correct. Correct. Now, there has been reports about a couple of receivers we talked about, which we should jump on quickly. Yep. Um, Brandon Cooks, who's kind of bounced around a little bit, started with the Saints, went up to New England. Last couple of years was in... Houston, Houston, which yep. despite all the issues they've had, still had two seasons of a thousand yards receiving back to back. I think he's had six total, which is incredible given how much he's bounced around. Yeah, kudos to him. Houston apparently was asking for a second round pick. Mm. What do you think? Would you take it? That's hard. That's very very hard. Um I think I probably would, uh, since we have two. If we had one, I don't think I would. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of the way I'm looking at it because I'm looking at who we could take in the in the first couple rounds, right? And I think I would rather have short term Brandon Cooks over those people. Now he has a not super great contract, so that's something we'd have to look into. Um, and there's also he said 
previously he alluded to he would retire rather than be traded again. Now that was before the Deshaun Watson stuff, and obviously Watson left and, and all that. So I think he probably would put that back on the table, that he would continue playing if he got traded. He just got tired of moving around so much. But I think I would do it for a second. If it's just a second, I think I would do it. I think he's a player that has shown he can just jump into a new team, clearly, because he's had six straight. I think it's six straight. Uh, thousand yard seasons he can just jump in with anybody I mean he wasn't playing with great quarterbacks this whole time I mean he had the Houston Texans last year Davis Mills hey Davis Mills looked pretty good second half yeah but that first half he not looked so much yeah no I agree completely but he can jump into varying systems varying levels of quarterback play and produce so I think obviously him and Aaron Rodgers in our offense would be the best he's probably ever played with so I think I'd do it what about you yeah, I think so too. You know, I'm really hoping we're going to, you know, get into it more about first or second on receivers that we would take. But it is a very rare that you get a receiver that comes in and balls out as a rookie. You do have exceptions. You know, you've, we've seen basically all of those exceptions in the last couple of years, but Justin Jefferson, uh, Jamar Chase. So, you know, it's, it's more of a recent trend that it happens. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, the draft in itself is a bit of a cluster shoot. Brandon Cooks is a known commodity. He's still in his 20s. Like you said, look into the contract. But yeah, I would take him for a second. Easy. I think what I would like overall, right, is us to come away somehow before the season starts to have one at least semi-established wide receiver bring him into the building. And then also whatever draft picks we throw at it. Because obviously we will, some level of draft picks will be thrown at wide receiver. But I would like to see somebody that's not a rookie come in to help. Yeah, I completely agree. Because if nothing else, you're hedging your bets with the the whatever rookies you bring in. So it's my two cents. I, I like him. Um, another guy to bring up, right, is we, I think we brought up DK a little bit last time. He's a guy I'm not so sure on. What are your thoughts? It depends on the asking range. What's the price? He's a great player. He's he's better than Brandon Cooks. Right? He's better than Brandon Cooks. And, you know, Cooks is really shifty, right? And and fast. He's got some long speed in him, too, but diff, very different receivers. Whereas Metcalf is going to, like, for sure, vertically stretch the field. Yep. He's got some temperament issues, but, I mean, the physicality and the speed, like, I'm probably going to be hyper-focusing on that, especially after what we saw against San Fran. Mm-hmm. When you don't have that deep threat, you can't sp- like spread the defense right creates issues i would do a trade for dk metcalf if it's like a first and a third or a fourth i'd be okay with that but nothing more i'm not giving up two firsts not giving up a first and a second that's where i draw the line okay okay i think that's reasonable i i would probably be in a similar boat now my biggest problem with him i think is the fact that he's going to want a lot of money next year um, leaves contracts up after this year, so you kind of have a one-year deal, and then you're back into a similar boat as you were with Devontae. He's not going to get $30 million a year or whatever, but he's definitely going to be asking for 2025 probably, right? D- 25-year-old DK Metcalf or whatever it is, 26-year-old. He's going to be asking for a lot of money. So I think looking past just this year, assuming our window is two to three, roughly, right? Um that would be my hesitation. To counter that, though, 
the combo could be we use it's a one year flyer on DK and then we go draft, you know, one or two people and they have the year to develop and hopefully they can take the next step forward yeah. their sophomore year. Yeah. There there's definitely something to that. I think I would rather if we could trade for Lockett, be a little bit cheaper long term. Think his age fits the window maybe a little bit better. It's more of a finished product, obviously. Definitely a deep threat. Um, part of the hiccup with him is if he's traded, I believe it's before June first. There's a ton of dead money on the Seahawks caps. They're just not going to do it realistically because uh, then they're going to owe a ton of money. So he's not on a great contract either. But you're eliminating the potential to have to pay somebody twenty five mil a year for five years or whatever DK is going to want. So I think he would fit in well now and also fit in with a lot of these young guys that are in the draft that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, I think I'd more like that or even, I don't know where this came from, but it's been flown around a little bit that A.J. Brown may be available. Which makes no sense because the Titans are still very viably a playoff team. Correct. But if A.J. Brown's available, I'll, I'll throw basically everything at A.J. Brown. I mean, he is better than T.K. Metcalf. To me, Mad- I like Madden bias much. <laughs> yes, he's on my Madden team. I understand, but no, I think I liked him better coming out of Ole Miss. Man, um, he's not quite the athletic freak that DK was, but I think DK overshadowed the fact that AJ Brown is still a freak. He's still really big, really strong for his size. Uh, ran like a four four. Right, yeah, it wasn't the four three that DK ran, but four four is still plenty fast. Devontae ran up like a four five five. So mm-hmm. and he's a much better receiver. He's not as good of an athlete. He's a much better receiver. He's more well, polished. Yeah, he has a route tree, much better than DK. Uh, I think he's got better hands than DK. He can still stretch the field, but you can also use him in a lot more creative ways. He's kind of a Big body, strong after the catch guy. He's got way more agility. Uh, Doesn't throw temper tantrums. Does not throw temper tantrums. That's the guy I would go after if he's available. I don't think he's actually available because that makes absolutely no sense. But it's been floating out there, so I thought I'd bring it up. Plus his connection to DK because people loved debating him or DK coming out of college. I was AJ Brown all the way. And I was DK all the way. That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) All right, to our draft. To our draft. So I think we agreed that for at least the first few picks, we're kind of going to go back and forth yeah. sharing what we did. Yeah. And then we can, you know, once Once we have no idea five. who any of these people are. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, I got, I I got real did, love for my seventh rounders, bro. You did a ton of research, I understand. You did like two hours. Let's not go crazy. Okay. Yeah. I, I got home from work and like 15 minutes later, here we are recording. So I don't have that time. <laughs> All right, sir. All right. So let's start us off, man. Who are you picking? 22 overall. Let's go. All right. So 22 clock. overall. Uh, the pick just before, or a couple picks before, Jamison Williams, one of the stud receivers. Okay. That's interesting because I have no idea where he's going. He went to 20 to the Steelers, or else he would have been my hmm. pick. Hmm. So. Interesting. I was looking on my draft board, and we okay. needed a receiver. Yeah. There were, so we're picking at 22. There were eight or nine players listed before Mr. Traylon Burks, who I love dearly. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I took a leap of faith, hoping that he would be there later on. Maybe at 28? 
Yeah, maybe a okay. 28. I was hoping, you know, six spots, eight or nine players. There's a chance there. I rolled the dice. So instead... I'm really curious who you took now. I took a sneaky defensive starter who is probably going to see 20 to 30% of snaps. Okay, I know where this is I going. I took a six foot two, 199-pound safety out of Georgia, Lewis Seen. Okay. Ran okay. a 4-3-7 in the 40. He's compares, uh, compared to Anthony Harris, longtime Minnesota Viking. Yep. He is a downhill safety. Lewis Seen. Okay. Bit of a thumper. Okay. Um, when I saw him make plays on the ball, he was in position but didn't have the best hands like a lot of our guys do. A lot of drops. Not great ball skills. But, you know, we got... Amos's contract will be up at the end of next year. Mm-hmm. Savage, we could do the fifth-year option, but we're not really sure. So at least Lewisine is our third safety, which we saw a lot of Henry Black last year. He takes his spot, and then depending on how things go, he could take over as one of our safeties if we have to depart with Amos or Savage. That's fascinating because I, I, Lewisine. Okay, okay. Yeah, you um, didn't see that coming. Oh God, here we go. Um, yeah, Thumper. I did not necessarily think you were going to go Thumper when you started saying um, defensive starter. I, I figured you'd go safety at that point because uh, all the other spots are basically taken at this at this point thanks to Jerron Reed. Lewis Seen. Okay, a little bit of kind of a boxy guy. I mean, potentially potentially more of Vin Amos yeah, right? was... if, if we're looking at our safeties. It's not perfect one-to-one because Amos actually has really good ball skills. But... But a little bit more of the Amos strong safety, a little bit more sure. He was apparently a very good leader at Georgia for everything that I've seen and read. Uh, I, I watched his workout at the Combine. He looked pretty good. Not the most natural, uh, yeah, ball skills-wise, but okay, okay. Kind of gave up. me some free safety vibes, though. And again, crane assault, but like how Ed Reed would just run around and disrupt things. Like there were some plays that I saw him doing the exact same thing. Okay. So if you had to put him in one spot, he's probably more of a natural strong safety. But I wouldn't be like, oh, God, no. There's no way he can play free. And realistically, in our defense, Amos is back there by himself all the time. I mean, if we go, you know, dime, you could put him next to Campbell, right? We could put him where we were experimenting with Kevin King. Yeah, that's good. Why I said he'd be a starter because they do get significant snaps. Interesting. Your Interesting. turn for your first pick. Okay. Well, you you almost kind of talked about it actually. I I did not do what you did. Okay. I did not wait on my love of Traylon Burks. I just took up. I'm All not, right. I'm not going to play around. Perfect. Because <laughs> he was my pick at 28, so we can both just bounce there off. There we go. There we go. I did not trust he was going to fall to 28. Oh. Uh, so Traylon Burks, right? He's a very interesting, very interesting prospect, right? He ran slower than everyone thought at the combine. Um, ran four five, four five five, I think, is what he ended up running. People thought he was going to be kind of a little bit of a burner. Mm-hmm. He's not. However, look at this. His best NFL comparison is who? Devin, do you know? AJ Brown. Oh my God, there it is. So he's a big body. He's strong. He has giant hands, apparently. Uh, the interesting part about him is he didn't really play the X or Z receiver at Arkansas. He played the majority of his snaps out of the slot. 
got to fix that. And they just kind of moved him around everywhere, right? Which I found pretty fascinating given the fact that he's, what, like 6'2", 6'3", 220. Like, he's a big guy. 6'3". Built, built similarly to A.J. Brown. Um, and his biggest knock, I guess, coming out at this point has been his lack of production outside. But I think that's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're Arkansas and you're playing in the SEC, you're just going to get this dude the ball literally any way you can. Yeah, the least distance you have correct, with those Alabama and whoever athletes flying around in the corner in safety position, yeah. Yeah, give him the ball on jet sweeps, little slants out of the slot, like whatever you got to do, just give him the football. And he was successful on a couple jet sweeps, which is a nice wrinkle to add to the offense. Exactly. Could you imagine the couple times we've given the ball to Lazard, but instead it's like, you know, Traylon Burks? God, that'd be amazing. What impressed me when I watched him was a couple things. So apparently he was an all-state outfielder back in high school. Oh. And it shows in a lot of his contested catches. You know, he has the comp to A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought Metcalf at first. Granted, I'm, he's not the freak I'm obsessed athlete, with but, DK Metcalf, yeah. but again, big, similar, you know, box out vibe. But, um, you know, Alan Lazard had a lot of contested catches last year where Aaron throws it to him and the guy's right on him, but he just goes up and wins the 50 50 ball. Right. And of course, when I'm watching highlights, it's all the one that he wins. But I mean, there's so many times where the guy is right on him and he just uses that you know, history as an outfielder. And he just goes and climbs the wall that is the defensive back and comes down with it. Very strong hands. And giant hands. I remember leading up to the combine, that was like, that was like an actual storyline was how big are Traylon Burke's hands actually going to be? Like that, that was a thing, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous to talk about. Um, kind of the opposite of Kenny Pickett and his tiny hands are like the same size as mine, but I'm 5'7", not a 6'3 NFL quarterback. So yeah, got some work to <laughs> go there, but... But my biggest thing is is there's some highlights showing him against Alabama and stuff, right? You, pre- I'm sure you saw it, right? Because you, mm-hmm. you went into it. And the knock on him, like I said, was he ran the 40 slower than everybody expected. When you watch him against Alabama, the Alabama secondary never caught him. No, they did not. I don't know if you know, Devin. There's a lot of athletes on Alabama. Wait, Alabama has good players? Yeah, and they're always freakishly athletic and very fast. So... The fact that he just ran away from like the entire Alabama defense means that I'm not worried about his track speed. His game speed is plenty good enough for and me. That entire Alabama defense will be in the NFL. Exactly. So I love him. I think he was really the only wide receiver available that I thought was in the that kind of tier at that point. I believe the next couple were like Sky Moore, who I like, but isn't quite what I'm hoping for at 22. But all the other guys were kind of already gone. But that's fine. Traylon Burks is one of the ones I want above even some of the guys ranked a little bit higher than him. I know Chris Olave is a guy that a lot of people are kind of mocking to us, maybe, potentially. But now he's kind of, now it looks like he might go ahead after his pro day before us. But very different body types, very different kinds of receivers. I love Traylon Burks. I'm glad we shared that love. Yeah, he's, I mean. I just want A.J. Brown on the team. Enough of a physical <laughs> specimen to be similar to DK, but he's got so much more variety. Like we talked about the end arounds, you, know, you can actually hit him on a bubble screen, which yep. like my boy Randy, I love him, but he could not do that to save his life. He was so bad at him. Yeah, he was. So, well, that was my pick of 28. Well, so I'm glad we just two for one right there. There we go. So now what was your pick of 28 after you went receiver? Okay. Well, this is going to be interesting then. <laughs> did you, it's, did it's not you take... It's not Louis Seen. It's not Louis However... I went a slightly different direction 
at the same position. Okay. okay. So they actually list him as a quarter cornerback here. But he's not. He's not. I took Dax Hill out of Michigan. I've heard about Dax Hill. Now, Dax Hill is a freak, right? Crazy mm-hmm. athletic. Ran like a 4.36, 4.37, something like that. Crazy vertical. Just an explosive athlete. Played safety at Michigan. Played slot corner at Michigan. He's expected to kind of be a uh, over-the-top safety with that crazy athleticism. Just played center field. Leave him all there by, out there by himself, and he'll go figure it out and just cover people, right? Just run it down. But I also love that versatility to play corner, play slot corner, come down in, right? In nickel or dime or whatever. That would be fantastic, and I really like that. They're like, Lewis is not that guy. No, right? no, no, no. He may cover tight ends or, or what have you at that point, but people think that Dax Hill may end up as a corner because he's that athletic, that he has at least the athleticism to play corner if, if you want. This could be the best-case scenario of Demarius Randall, and that's a terrible name to bring up, I understand. But do you know what I mean? What was tantalizing about him? Devin's making a bunch of like puking faces currently. But that athleticism to play either one, I think Dax Hill actually can because he actually has, if that's fair. So Dax Hill is my guy at 28. Glad we're, we're seeing through the same lens here. We're kind of thinking maybe a little help in the secondary, versatile, so they can fill a bunch of holes. We just went with different, slightly different secondary holes, right? I'm going with more of a slot corner. You're going with more. I mean, Lewis Seen could potentially, like you said, kind of be that sub linebacker type of deal. It's always fun to have a safety like that can come and play slot, right? I mean, we yeah. talked like Savage probably can. He has that athletic yeah. ability. Yeah. I mean, he kept up with Jamar Chase, except for, you know, being a foot short. Correct. So I think that that would add some versatility. And then you can do all sorts of like zone blitzes where people are rolling. I think that it's nowhere near the same. They're nowhere near the same athlete. Daxel is definitely more athletic, but um, you look at maybe this could be a homer in me again, but Jimmy Ward, right? He came out <laughs> definitely on size, but he came out a, as a safety and ended up playing corner. And then I was kind of playing safety, but they use him everywhere. Right. And he's made some impactful plays, especially in that playoffs, including field goal block, including field goal block. Um, but somebody like that, a really interesting piece to put back there. Could you imagine somebody like that and Jair, right? It, you just put them literally anywhere back there. And if Darnell Savage can actually take that next step and show all that athleticism and all that skill he has, you'd have three people just meandering the secondary, wreaking absolute havoc. Mismatches galore. And they're all in our favor for once. It's not Julio Jones on the Darius Gunter. Why'd you have to bring it up, man? It's a good show. You hurt my soul. So I like that we kind of went the same place there. Yeah, I think it's fun that we can make our secondary even better. Yeah, I mean, clearly we're putting a lot of eggs in the defensive basket. I don't think that's going to stop come draft time. Nope, we shouldn't. We should continue to make it even better. Correct. And we both got both got a wide receiver, the same guy, to help bolster that offense. So Yeah, we just kind of did a little flip. We did. We did. All right, 53. 53. I'm interested because I'm assuming we're going to diverge here at some point. Probably, but it'll be interesting to see how our totals, like position-wise yeah. and splits, end yeah. up. So I was looking at edge rushers because, you know, we have Gary and we have Preston and then Tipa and Garvin, which did play well last year, but I still think we can upgrade. Also, yeah. you know, when we drafted Rashawn Gary, we still have Preston and Zedarius, who 
just got that four-year contract. So it isn't a bad idea to grab another one. Plus, you can always do like weird NASCAR pa- packages where you have your three stud right. outside linebackers right. just kind of roaming around the line of scrimmage. And it's a little insurance, right? Exactly. So there was a few options I was deciding between, but I ended up with South Carolina. Okay. We're bringing back Kingsley, but it's Kingsley <laughs> and Egabari. I'm so sorry. Six foot four, 265 uh, from his film. Looks like he's got pretty good hands, pretty good hand fighting, oh. making sure tackles, you know, can't get too handsy with him. And I thought he had a good motor. A lot of times, you know, the the play might have been away from him and he's still finishing and cleaning up and chasing after fumbles. And that's what I like to see in a player. Okay. Not the greatest athlete from what I read about him, right? No. Not not a super twitchy kind of guy, but a guy that's going to give good effort and kind of be where he's supposed to be. And like you said, good hands. I believe he has good technique from everything that I, I saw because I was did a little research on him as well. Um, but I like that. I like that. Third edge rusher. Yeah, we could use one. And insurance, like you said. Okay. Does that mean I'm up? You're up. All right. So I went in uh, the other side of the line, right? Okay. I went offensive line here. I just figure we there's too many question marks, mm-hmm. right? Jenkins is coming back sometime. Mm-hmm. We assume box back day one, right? I'm not 100% sure what he's going to look like. 100%. We assume he's going to be come back fully healthy, right? We assume that. We assume that with Jenkins as well. However, we are going to be throwing Yash out there, which he's played great. We love Yash. We're big Yash fans here. However, I also know we enjoyed drafting offensive linemen. We're very good at it. So I went with Abraham Lucas out of Washington State uh, for a couple reasons. One, I think we just need to keep drafting offensive linemen at this point. We keep hitting on them, which is great. But we also like getting a lot of guys that are versatile, move them around. And we aren't 100% sure on the future of our tackles. Yeah, I mean, we're hoping Bakhtiari is going to come back and be perfectly fine. But that's not a certain after the issues with the ACL. And, you know, it seems like we're just going to throw, what's his face? Jenkins at right tackle. But that's not his best position. If we could get a better tackle and then move him back to guard right. or center, like that's maximizing. Incredible. Because could you imagine, and I'm not saying this is next year or whatever, Abraham Lucas comes in, plays really well as a good starting quality right tackle. Right? You have Elton playing left guard. We hope Josh Myers is awesome. We hope Dave Bakhtiari is back. Then you have JRJ at right guard. I mean, that's a really incredible line. Or at the very least, you can move a lot of those pieces around. They pretty much all except maybe Josh Myers can play another position. So I went with that. I want to have a lot of pieces on that offensive line, especially over the last couple of years. We've had so many injuries where we're down to Dennis Kelly and Rick Wagner and Yash, and thank God Yash is good now. But we also haven't seen him at right tackle, and we assume that's where he's starting this season. Correct. So we know how he is at left tackle, at least kind of, right? So there's a lot of question marks there, I think, Taking a tackle, just kind of shoring that up a little bit would make me feel better. Plus, coming out of Washington State, all they do is throw the football there. So I think he should at least have that part of his his game at least okay enough to play in the NFL, right? Because they're, they're the team that's throwing the football 50, 60 times, doing crazy, and their quarterbacks never do anything in the NFL. But that experience, playing 
in that kind of offense should at least make you a good pass protector, which Dave Bakhtiari is. He's not the greatest run blocker, right? That's not his forte. But so maybe someone potentially in that kind of mold pass block first. That's my thought. Yeah, smart, smart pick. Like you said, hopefully Bakhtiari is all right. We're not sure about Yash. I think that's a good pick. Yeah, I'll I'll hedge my bets there. What's the worst that happens? We have a quality tackle. Oh, boo-hoo. Right. We always end up needing them, so I'm not worried about it. No, sir. Plus, I mean, if you have goal line, like goal line formations, we could be creative with that. Yeah. Send him out there instead of Dominic Daphne. Plus, he wears a ton of eye black. I'm here for it. That means he's a mauler. Exactly. <laughs> On to 59? On to 59. Who you got? All right. So I double dipped. Oh, this could get interesting. So, <laughs> out of South Alabama. Okay, okay. I took wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. There you go. I originally thought was like a real burner, like a straight up Marquez. Just you know, I thought that people. too. He's really not. <laughs> he does have good speed. Uh, he ran a four four nine. So I would still describe him as a deep threat. He is a better route technician than I thought. He's got good footwork. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say a very, very light version, very, very light version of Devante with his footwork. Okay. He's good on a lot of double moves. And similar size, too. He's not a huge guy, if I remember right. Yeah, and didn't run the fastest 40, but will still be able to break away from people because of his footwork. Okay. A little bit on the smaller side frame-wise. I like his route running. You know, I... This is a draft where we should take a shot at multiple receivers. Like we've talked about, we do want us to add, you know, somebody else in free agency or in the draft. I still think we should take multiple shots at receivers. And this guy seems like he could be a good fit and an asset to the offense. I like that. I think he seemed to be a well, a relatively well-rounded wide receiver, right? Mm -hmm. Everything that I've read. Because I kind of had the same thought to him. For some reason, I don't even know where this came from. Thought that he was just kind of a deep threat guy. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm down. But not really when you dig in a little deeper. So we also seem to like some of that, those kind of guys, but he's athletic enough, I think, to kind of fit our, our mold. So I like that. I like where you went with that. More wide receivers, the better. You're up. 59. I did not take a wide receiver. I took an edge rusher. Oh, all right. We're going all <laughs> back and forth here. We are. Literally, uh, basically the opposite of your edge rusher. I'm sure you saw him on the board. He was available for you as well. I took out of USC, Drake Jackson. I'm trying to remember why I didn't like him. I mean, honestly, it doesn't sound great, but he he's more of a much more of a raw prospect. He's quicker, much more explosive, uh, a little smaller, a little thinner. Okay. Uh, I guess he had some some weird thing going on where he like lost weight to try to be more athletic. And then everyone just said, nah, man, you should have gained some weight. So now he's got to kind of put it back on because uh, he wanted to test better and that kind of thing. But very athletic, very rangy. I think day one is probably not as good as Kingsley or is Kingsley. But I think his long-term potential is a little bit higher. So I'm thinking comes in pass rushing situations, that kind of thing to help out. Long-term kind of becomes the the heir apparent to to maybe Preston down the line. That's kind of where my head's at. Or if Rashawn Gary tries to get a crazy contract or something, maybe. But a little bit more raw than your guy. Probably not quite as good day one. But very athletic, very explosive. Just kind of needs to fill back that 
frame out again and kind of work on his technique. You triggered my memory. I think he was the one who wasn't great against the run. Yeah. Yep. That's And that was my knock on him. That's why I did not choose him. That's almost why I chose him. Um, not that because he's not good at the run, but I was kind of looking for a little bit more raw pass-oriented guy. That's just my preference. It'll just be interesting to see when we can get him on the field. We would have to use more of that exotic three right. linebacker group because, you know, we think about the pairings we did last year. You didn't have Rashawn Gary on, you know, Rashawn and Preston on first down. You would have Tipa and Garvin or whoever it was when they were banged up. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we'll see. But I don't hate the pick. We needed another edge rusher, so I support we that. We just took uh, two different ways of getting there. You know? Yes, sir. Two different kind of athletes there. Interesting. 92? 92. So now at 92, I picked a position that you just picked a little bit earlier, but we're okay. still thinking the same holes. Okay. I know who you took. I, I swear I know who you took. I took offensive tackle. Out of Arizona State? Kellen Deesh. Yep. <laughs> yep. Kellen Deesh. <laughs> so uh, in our third round pick, he is a great run blocker. There you go. Uh, Once again, the opposite kind of potentially my guy. Indeed. Interesting. Interesting. He played both the left and right tackle, which is important. Love the versatility. Because we don't know where we're going to need it. And his biggest knock was that he had small arms. You know, little alligator arms. Yeah. Do you know who also had a big knock of having small arms? I do not, Devin. Please inform me. Brian Bulaga out of Iowa. Out of Iowa. Do not disgrace my school by <laughs> saying it like that. That's literally how he said it. The listeners will get it. That's exactly how we said it on TV. I'll have to go back and watch some more film. You're 100% right? sure. Google it, Devin. It's a thing. Figure it's a smart pick. Fill the hole. Give us some more depth. I mean, I feel like we don't have backups at any position and tack- on the offensive line. Tackle is the most important right now. Currently, most of our backups are starters next to the guy that they back up for. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> so I don't know if you're going to clone yourselves or how that's going to work. Yeah, how, how you're going to play that game. Okay, I love it. Yeah, no, he was the guy I was looking at as well. And if I hadn't taken Abraham Lucas, probably would probably have taken him. I like that. Great minds think alike. There well, we go. What was your next pick? Okay, well, here's my guy, right? Oh, no. We talked a little bit beforehand. Oh, no. Oh, no, it's not my actual guy. It's not insert Illinois town name's own guy. Oh, thank God. Because he right. wasn't available for any of my picks. So we'll have to circle back to him. Are we going to do a, a uh, <laughs> undrafted free agent draft? <laughs> well, no, because he he's, he was probably already gone in the second. Um, like I said, we'll get to him. He's an actual prospect that's good at football, Devin. I'm not just making it up. Anyways, I'm taking a guy out of Nebraska at a position. Honestly, don't really know what position he's going to play on the defense. Don't really care. His name is Jojo Doman. Great name, right? Great name. They have him listed as a linebacker. I guess that's where he tested at at the combine. Uh, he ran a four six. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Thirty four and a half inch vertical. So pretty athletic, right? Six one two twenty eight. Um, a little bit undersized, right? You'd say from your prototypical linebacker. Sure, yeah. A little bit undersized. So you're assuming he's going to be athletic. So is he just Ornberg's? Uh My man played slot corner in Nebraska. Never mind. But he's a linebacker. I'm a little confused, honestly, how that works. Is he like Nate Gary for the Eagles? Linebacker, safety, hybrid, it, He whatever? might be, and and that's kind of what I'm looking for. Why? Just because I like putting weird pieces on the defense. Same thing with Dax Hill. 
Kind of the same thing here. Just give me versatility and athleticism, and we'll find some place to put it. Right? In passing downs, dude played slot corner in college. Yeah, he doesn't force six two is not going to cut it. It's slot corner in the NFL. But I think he'll be able to handle the running backs and tight ends just fine, right on third down. He could be super Oren Burks. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like what Oren Burks was actually supposed to do. Right? I mean, a lot of the times when you have zone blitzes, which we run, you know, mainly a zone yep. scheme on defense, if you send, I don't know, a linebacker or whatever, like a lot of the times you have a linebacker who is jumping into the passing lanes in the slot. So he's well, not going to have to, you know, be man-on-man coverage on a slot receiver for 10 seconds, but just being able to, to have that quick jump, you know, cut off a slant. I, I love like it. it. I, I, like I love it. the, the uh, just kind of the versatility. His NFL comp is Matt Milano. That is a compliment. That is. That My Buffalo is. Bills is showing Matt Milano is a stud, and if we can get that, we'd be a very happy man. 2020. This is an interesting stat line. 58 tackles, six and a half for loss, two forced fumbles. Tied the team lead with five pass breakups, only in eight starts. Was named second team Associated Press All-American at defensive back. Like, I'm and he just, also plays linebacker. That's yep. unheard of. Yep. Yep. Nine or 72 tackles, nine for loss with two sacks, two interceptions, three pass breakups, and two forced fumbles in 10 games his final year. He's not he the... Just, best player between our drafts but i think so far he is my favorite i i just love that he apparently does everything he is the defense yeah that he is and i'm here for it so him dax hill just run around do stuff that that's my plan defensively hopefully joe barry gets on board with that we're drafting a couple honey badgers <laughs> yep of various sizes but yes why well, have one and you could have two <laughs> the more the merrier exactly exactly all right, fourth round. I'm, I'm excited for the fourth round. So before our last episode, I'd done a mock draft, and I kind of thought we were going to get into it, but yeah. with the Rodgers and Devontae stuff, Luke was like, there's no way. And he was right, because we went for like an hour, 15 minutes. Correct. So there was only one player that I drafted in both the mock then and the mock I did today. Who is that player? Linebacker Micah McFadden out of Indiana. Okay, and tell me why. Such a nice linebacker name, Michael isn't McFadden. it? McFadden. Micah, yeah. Micah Hyde. All right. I like it. I like it. Six foot three, uh, team captain. And even though he was a starting linebacker, he was still playing special teams. Okay, I like so that. So we have a nice hybrid of not only is he an actual good, we call it off ball linebacker, because mm-hmm. he could play middle or play what Oren Burks was, but he can also play special teams. Ended up being a second team all Big Ten. Okay. Just has a knack for tackle for losses. Okay. Real aggressive downhill play style, which is what we wanted Aaron Burks to do, but he never could. Okay. Interesting. I like that. I like that we both went linebacker right there. Right. So my fourth round pick. Fun name to say. Fun name to say. I went with a pass catcher. I like that. I did not go with a wide receiver. What? Right. I went with, out of SMU, Grant Calcaterra. It's a good name. That's a solid name. Talk to me why you went tight end in the spot. I went tight end in the spot um, as, once again, insurance for Roberto Grande, McHenry's own. And also the fact that like we should probably have someone that can actually play 
tight end on the roster. We've talked about this at length, but we have Dominique Daphne, whatever he is. We have Josiah, who's a fullback, right? We have Big Dog, who's a tackle that's just eligible all the time. And we have Big Bob, who's hurt. Yeah, so it's an interesting, (laughs) it's like the uh, Island of Misfit Toys at tight end. This guy is more in the Big Bob range. He's 6'4", also ran a 4'6", athletic type of guy. And that's pretty much all I need to know. Honestly, athletic tight end, sign me up. I mean, yeah, he's not Trey McBride, who's the top tight end in this draft class, but it's not a super great draft class for tight ends. You know, there's obviously no Kyle Pitts, there's no TJ Hawkinson, there's no Noah Fant, there's nobody in that realm. No George. No, definitely no George. But so if you're just, I'm looking for people with skills and athleticism, and that's him. So good enough for me. I'll take it. And yeah, you know, as, much as I wanted Josiah to be good last year, the product just didn't deliver, and maybe he takes a good step, but having our tight end is not a bad idea. It'll just be interesting to see how we construct the roster. You know, they did just re-sign Daphne, and I don't think we're going to keep five tight ends, so maybe they just do? cut him. I don't think they signed him to like a million-dollar deal. There's no way. Just take your loss if we draft another tight end. I would agree, but I just, I want another person in that mold. I can understand why. Yeah. Okay. Fifth round. I don't have much to say about this one. Again, we needed depth, so I took a guard. I took Lacedius? Lacedius Smith? Okay. I, I don't know. Guard out of Virginia Tech. Um, he looked to me to be pretty physical, a good run blocker, got good, good footwork, good motor. You know, he's one of those guys that he'll finish his blocks. Like, he's got the guy on the ground, and then I'll still be pushing him. I like that. And he's a, a body to be a backup guard. So that's all I needed in this fifth round. Hey, I'll take it. Uh, don't we have another fourth round pick? We do. Uh, you want me to do that one as well? Or... Well, you did the fifth round. Yeah. So I expected you would have finished right. the fourth round. We only had one fourth round pick. I, I got two. Did I miscount? I might have miscounted. Okay, so I guess your that guard was my was fourth, fourth round pick. Okay, I, did, I took uh, Noah Ellis out of Idaho. I don't know who he is. He uh, started his career at Mississippi State. He's a defensive lineman. Very okay. large human. Like, tackle or end? He's 340 pounds. That doesn't help. I mean, I'm going to assume tackle, but tackle. college is tackle. Okay. Um, transferred. Showed some disruptive ability at that size. I mean, I'm thinking realistically he's kind of like TJ Slayton, right? I just felt like now's a good time to get another depth large guy. More large guys is what I'm looking for here. Let's personally. have no true defensive ends besides Tyler Lancaster and just defensive tackles just up and Love down it. the line. I'm here for that, right? Honestly, what does the defensive end actually have to do? Pat, rush the passer? We got the outside linebackers for that. Mm-hmm. If the, the front three just play the run, I'm good because you're right. We're only playing two of them most of the time anyway. So there's another big body over there. Has some athleticism. Good enough for me. Now to the fifth round. Now to the fifth round. My apologies, folks. Okay. So I am triple dipping. Interesting. At wide receiver. Okay. A young man who was just recently in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Like a couple days ago. Was he visiting with the team? Was he just visiting the stadium? That I don't know. I wish I did. This young man is six foot two, 181 pounds. He ran a 4.28. 40, which is absolutely blazing. 
Yeah, that's crazy fast. Come on home to Green Bay, Tyquan Thornton. I like that. Uh, I like that. One of those Baylor speed demons, right? So, pure speed. He's he's the actual MVS replacement, right? Because he can't really do anything else. He's just an even lankier MVS Correct. replacement. Because he's really thin. He's really thin. Like, he gets hit by a safety and he might break in half. Correct. But, I mean, Robbie Anderson? Similar. Yeah. That'd be, a, that'd be a high... And I'm talking like physically. Yeah. Robbie Anderson's real skinny. Trendon Holiday? He was little. Was yeah, he short? Still still frame wise. I'm, I know, but I'm talking I'm trying to think of tall length guys. MVS is a good one. Mm-hmm. But maybe Robbie Anderson's you're you're thinking of that kind of mold. I like that. Pure deep threat. Worst things to get at that point. For my fifth round pick, I went with Dominique Robinson, Edge out of Miami, Ohio. Okay. Anything stuck out about him? I like his size. That's it. He seemed to be about the the same size as Rashawn Gary, uh, tiny bit smaller than Preston, similar to Zadaria, so kind of fits the mold. And I figure, we'll just get some more depth there. That's what I went with for a lot of these picks at this point. You're not looking to fill really any major holes. You're just looking for somebody who hopefully can develop, maybe play at special teams. That's it. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much where I'm at with my draft as well. So now we're in the seventh. We have our just go through all three, three seventh round picks. Uh, so 228, I took Jack Jones. Good name, strong name. Mm-hmm. Cornerback out of Arizona State. He's five foot ten, but he's got the hops to play outside. Not the fastest guy, only around a 4.51 in his 40. But, you know, we need another corner. I would hope he's better than KB and Ento. There we go. There's my pick. I like it. 249, mm-hmm. I took out of Pittsburgh, six foot six tight end, Lucas Kroll. Kroll. There we go. Yeah, I was looking at him. Lucas Kroll. So Solid name, by the way. Good name, right, Lucas? I also did that for you. I like it. Thank you. Uh, He was a big target for Kenny Pickett, you know, a safety blanket. But, you know, seventh round tight end who's six foot six. He is very slow. He's going to have like the Mercedes Lewis. You have to forget about him. I'm talking like Jesse James type type of guy similar i didn't that, see his 40 sort of but he didn't look really fast but listen here's what i figured right big bob undrafted free agent yeah you know we used tyler davis undrafted free agent this is close enough is he probably better than dominic daphne well, i'm probably better than dominic <laughs> daphne so let's just let's just give him a try and then one of my more fun picks of the draft. I'm looking forward to this one. At 258, I took a very versatile defensive lineman. Very versatile. Because he plays not only defensive end, like Dean Lowry. He's also been a stand-up edge, but he started originally at Notre Dame as a defensive tackle. So he's played literally everything. Yes. His name is Myron Tagovailoa. I, I butchered that so bad. <laughs> you did. And there's another <laughs> Amos? Amos? He's got a hyphen name. Anyways, he's Tua's cousin. He's a versatile defensive end. He's uh, currently 6'3", 268. So he slimmed down to play defensive end, and he was able to still split double teams, got good hands, just not as a sexy, um, versatile player like you guys in the secondary, but I still like to have defensive ends that can play tackle or edge. He's no Dax Hill or JoJo, that's for sure. But no, I see what you're saying. He can literally play potentially. Um, at least two spots, I think, in the NFL, maybe D-end and outside linebacker, realistically, is what yeah. you're looking at there with that size. Hey, at that point, 
in the draft, absolutely go for it. Like a lot of your picks yeah. for your edge guys, right? Just depth. Could we maybe get somebody to replace Garvin or Tipa on the rotation? Sure. Maybe. I mean, they maybe. played decent, but, you know, it's it's a shot in the dark. And That's what you're going what for at get. this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my, at 228, first pick in the seventh round, I went with Logan Bruss, tackle out of Wisconsin. Okay. I know basically nothing about him, but I do know we like taking offensive linemen latest in the draft and not putting them at the position they played in um, in college. I expect a tackle taken in the seventh round Center. by us probably ends up at guard. Yeah. Right? Probably ends up at backup left or right guard. Good enough for me. Wisconsin, bunch of big boys on their offensive line. If I've learned one thing through college and pro football, it is you want linemen from Wisconsin. Good enough for me. Right? If you're a college football team, you want to get high schoolers from Wisconsin. If you're a pro team, grab people from actual Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin-Madison. Good enough. They're great at playing linemen. They're all large. It works. Country strength. Exactly. Pushing a lot of plows. They all have it. Um, in In the second one, 249, I take my second wide receiver of the draft. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Honestly, the, I'm kind of expecting um, something else to happen. Right. So I took my Traylon Burks obviously up top, and I'm expecting us to get another wide receiver somehow at some point in here. Malachi Carter from Georgia Tech. Don't know a ton about him. Seemed relatively athletic. Relatively athletic. Good size on him. Good enough for me at this point. Is he just Malachi Dupree 2.0? Because that was another late pick. But Malachi, yeah, and he was supposed to be good too. Remember, he was on the, he was with OBJ at LSU. Was he? I mean, people were like, for a seventh round pick, they expected like he wasn't going to start. Did but he even make the team? I don't think he so. He had flashes at LSU on that team. Anyways, um, last pick, I just took the random linebacker from Arizona State, Darian Butler. I don't know. More guys, maybe special teams, right? Get a lot of those kind of guys on coverage units and return units and stuff like that. You can never have too many relatively athletic linebackers. And what does drafting more off-ball linebackers potentially do? What does it do? Could get Ty Summers off the roster. Oh, that's true. I think my picks probably get him off the roster. <laughs> I think I might have done it. We can keep Isaiah McDuffie. He unless, hasn't harmed us yet. Unless we put JoJo at slot corner, but that's unlikely. <laughs> you got this other guy. He can take him off the roster. That's roster. true. Darian Butler. Coming for you, Ty Summers. <laughs> coming for you. All right, folks. Well, that concludes our first mock draft. Thoughts, Luke? I think what was interesting was how similar we were um, in our positional needs. Obviously, you you did more wide receivers, but we both picked several edges. We both picked a tight end. Um, we both picked tackle pretty high first couple, first three rounds, right? And our first two picks were basically just flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. We had the same exact thought process, just slightly different angle with our secondary player. So super interesting to, to see that we are thinking that similarly going into this draft. Well, what did your dad say when we were at Sally's, uh, musical thing he's like on the show is just you two agreeing with each other which yes i mean he's not he's not wrong sorry that great minds think alike i mean you wanted aaron Rodgers off the team but that's fine besides that yeah we're moving past that i'm trying to be I'm trying to be positive man that's fair Looking so good things so that that's my main takeaway that and we both love Traylon burks 
you somehow think he's DK and I think he's AJ Brown. So. Let me pretend that he's DK. He's definitely not DK. He's definitely AJ Brown. He's DK Light, which no, is AJ Brown. Not, okay, what? That's not true. <laughs> okay, there we go. There's back to an argument. But we have very, very similar, similar tastes of what we're looking for here, which oh, I yeah. find interesting. And then it'll be great when the Packers. God, what's like the worst case scenario? We take a guard in the first round, but we never draft guards, even to play guard. Elton Jenkins. Yeah. And when we did it, I was like, what in God's name are we doing? That's true. That's the only one, though. We never take it. We always take tackles moving guard. We're going to take a guard and a middle linebacker. Now, like maybe Kobe Dean. Maybe Lindenbaum from Iowa. I'm just thinking of him. stupid picks that'll piss us off. Yeah, that, that Lindenbaum after we have Josh Myers. Yeah. Perfect. That would piss me off. That's pretty much it. Honestly, I could maybe an outside corner would annoy me. Replace the Silver Fox. Okay. First round. Okay, let's not. Let's not. That's blasphemy. Blasphemy. You know that we have three kickers on the roster right now. I do. That shows that they have a lot of faith in him. That's sarcasm, guys. Don't worry about the silver fox. All right, you just you just stay over there. Worried about your own people. Who are my own people? Oh wait, they're not on the team anymore, Devin. Okay, I think it's time to wrap this up on that note. Shots have been fired. But I will just come back with Razul God and Devondre are mine. Okay? Okay, that's fair enough. And unfortunately, Josiah is the stepchild I never wanted. That's fair. All right. So this has been a great episode. I thank you guys who stayed in for the whole hour and 17 minutes that we're at. Oh, it's a long one. It's a long one. It was a great one. We've been looking forward to this one. And we will be putting out probably another full mock draft. You know, we're going to see what happens what leading happens. up to the draft. Exactly. But and we'll that, definitely do an episode right before the draft. Yeah. And obviously one after. Maybe we'll talk about some people the Packers have met with. Maybe we'll use that time to go talk about the Bears and Vikings new coach and how we're going to beat the shot of them for years. At some point, we should bring that up, yeah. We got some options. We do. Until next time. Go, Pack Go. Go, Pack Go.